I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Shady Rays. SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off your Shady Rays using the promo code SGPN. Then go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Shady for your chance to win $500. We're also brought to you by Edge Boost. Edge Boost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Edge to get started today. Welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. My name is Malcolm Bamford, coming to you from Newcastle upon Tyne, northeast of England. Today is Friday, May the 19th, and we are here for our usual little turbo episode uh, with a few picks for Saturday the 20th. And we're going to have a little look at the AL West um, this afternoon. Uh, make some maybe futures picks, who we fancy at the prices, who we don't fancy, which teams are going well and why, etc. Uh, joining me for our Friday night shenanigans is number 77, Mr. Noah Beanick. Noah, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Malcolm. How about yourself? I am okay, mate. I am feeling a lot better. Uh that's good. You will never um, guess where I've been tonight, Noah. I think you told me, but I forget. Uh, More specifically then, within, within okay. those parameters, Noah, I'm, I told you I was going to baseball practice. No. Yeah, you told me baseball practice. I'm going to say uh, like tryouts or something, because I know you got drafted already, but I don't know where you are in this process of starting to play for the team yet. Uh I have been on the mound tonight, Noah. No <laughs> oh yeah, check out the uh, ooh the big arm. Um, <laughs> we were yeah, <laughs> there was because it was a nice day, and you get so very few nice days. Okay. Uh, someone posted in the little team chat this afternoon. She'll be going have a game of catch tonight at six pm. Uh, maybe do some batting practice, etc. Uh, so we did, and I went and joined in. And then the coach said, "Have you ever pitched?" I was like, "Fuck off! <laughs> it's too far." Right. Tried, it's too far. Uh, so now you look like you can throw a common pitch. So after, yeah, I got on the mound a bit. There's no way I'm going to be able to pick this arm this high tomorrow. This arm will not go above shoulder high tomorrow. Um, my, but I quite enjoyed my myself. Best, um, my best friend yeah, was ice. It's just ice. Yeah. Get a nice pack. <laughs> well, I'm used to the feeling when you, when you have your first cricket net of, this, of the summer, and I've done this for 40 years. The next day, you can't move your arm. So I've got that feeling tomorrow. But obviously, I'm now a 47-year-old man as well. But um, <laughs> I mean, the rumour has it, Noah, I was uh, I was uh, touching 50, uh, you I know, so <laughs> yeah, throwing a bit of uh, a bit of high heat there, a little bit of a uh, little bit of tail on me on me curveball. But I did enjoy it. Um, I don't think I could do it with everybody stood how, around how watching. You, how do you grip your curveball, by the way? Um, right, so what I did tonight was I had my two-seamer going. Okay. So I had my two-seamer, and I was just going 12 to 6, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And my curve, I can't really remember. The coach was kind of showing me, but he sort of, yeah, I didn't want to do too much too soon, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, the curveball that I used my whole life, and it was my best pitch, I, so you just put your, uh, your, I mean, if you're not watching on YouTube, I definitely. Yeah, this is great. Great it's audio. Great. This. So right on, right on the horseshoe of the baseball here, I dig like my fingernail into the seam and yeah. you have your middle finger. You can also grip it with two fingers, your middle finger and your ring finger on the outside of the ball. And you throw it like a fastball, but the two uh, fingers on the side, the pressure there creates the side spin. Yeah. You okay. can throw it different ways. So you can throw it just like a fastball with no wrist movement at, at all. And it's more uh, like a one to nine movement on your curveball. But if you want to like, you know, just pronate the wrist a little bit, it actually turns into more of a slider and it's two to uh, nine in, in a sense. So yeah, that was, that was my pitch and it's so easy to throw and easy to master it takes maybe like a couple of times on the mound working it, but that's, that's the, that's the trick right there. Now, you mentioned the draft earlier on. The season actually started two weeks ago, but because Newcastle have had several back-to-back uh, home games, I haven't been able to get to, to baseball. And this is a, so this was funny to say, I couldn't actually remember which team had drafted me. Oh, so, <laughs> I know, yeah. So I went along tonight and I had to try, and I was like on a secret mission to find out what team I was on without them knowing because I didn't want to seem disinterested. Because you can't yeah. just turn up and say, hey, who, which team am I on again? Because it's obvious that, um, that I'm not really very interested. So I kind of had to sneak it out to somebody. I was like, you haven't got the uh, roster lists for Sunday, have you? Frantically trying to find my own name. <laughs> uh, so I couldn't decide which team I'm on. So yeah, if you ever if you ever try out that pitch and they ask you what in the world you're throwing, it's a knuckle curve. <laughs> a knuckle curve, okay. Yeah. Um, Smashing. Yeah, I did enjoy that. It was good fun. Anyway, just, I mean, what better way to spend a Friday night in the sunshine uh, with a couple of hours out on the diamond? Uh, yeah. Captain Insano is going to have to pay a $1 fine for incorrectness and buffoonery because he's <laughs> trying to fine us for soccer talk. And this is not soccer talk. He's joined late and he's gone off. He's gone off in his hand there. Uh, so, look, Insano, get your, get your wallet out. That's a pound in the, uh, a pound in the fine jar. Um, <laughs> I've got two other things I need to bring up. Uh, All right. The second one is, obviously, I was on the IL until Wednesday, and but I've been, I've been putting my picks in tally side. Absolutely uh-huh. flying. Really nice. I was sitting top of the list. I was smelling myself a little bit. I came back on the show on Tuesday with you, um, and must, I think I went about five and ten. It was absolutely shocking. I then came on, there was that, just that six-game slate, um, on Thursday. So me and Dylan then handicapped that on Wednesday. And I think I went all for six. Um, and it was a really <laughs> chalky slate as well. Like So these are the games last night. So we took the Rays to beat the Mets. The Mets won. We took the Dodgers. We, we faded Wainwright. The Cardinals put up 16 runs. Uh, we faded the Orioles and they won. We faded, you name it, uh, Dylan Cease and the White Sox. We bet them. He got beat. So I think they're zero for six. So the, the picks have made an absolute fool of me. Ever since I said in my mind, "Oh, you're doing well this week, son." Absolute shambles. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't on the show yesterday. I did my college baseball show. I went seventeen and four on that. Oh. So absolutely rolling in college baseball right now. That's the way to do it. And the third thing to talk about because we haven't really touched on this since last week. No, nope. it's our fantasy matchup. Yep. 
Yep. So I've been I'm waiting not... on this one. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. I've I'm got not... some stats pulled up about this matchup here. Oh, I've got you prepared for this, were you? Yeah, I have. <laughs> so as it stands, going into Friday's night games, um, I am winning in two categories. You were winning in six categories, and we are leveling two. But it's as tight as snakes in a couple. I've, I've already pinpointed the categories I can beat you with. Stolen bases were level, so I can nick that one. Batting average is 230 versus 222. So that's just one hit. I mean, one hit and I'm back in front. Um, I can catch you up in whip and one more win. Um, we're level on wins as well. So, yeah, you are in the lead, Noah, but... Um, I'm not out of this by a long chalk. So what, what stats do you want to hit me with? Yeah, so you mentioned just the tip of the iceberg, where the stats currently stand as we sit. Let me just tell you, this guy has Aaron Judge and Mike Trout on his fantasy baseball team. He picked first overall, and Trout comes all the way through the snake back to him. And oh, what, do, yeah. the, 20, <laughs> the 19th pick or whatever. Goes, oh, I do, yeah. Oh, my God. Trout and Judge are combined 11 for 30 this week, 366 average. They have six nice. home runs, 10 runs, 10 RBIs, and a stolen bag, but yet he's losing 6-2. to two. So... Yeah, it's the pitching's been my ERA is sitting at six fifty-nine. Um had a dodgy but terrible Monday and I've struggled to catch up ever since Freddie Peralta and Pablo Lopez. I think it was Will got shelled on Monday. But yeah, if I can uh said in the chat. What you saying? <laughs> the the reign of terror. Uh yeah. No, yeah. no, no. He said they're both gonna be hurt in a week. <laughs> nah, no chance. No chance. Uh yeah. Captain Insano is living in fear. Uh with my fantasy team. Um, TVDBJ has joined us as well. Um, so good evening to you. You've got Marcus Stroman going tonight, don't you? I, I have nobody mm-hmm. uh, on the hill tonight. You lost Dustin May for your second start as well, which yeah. I thought might um You might lost Ricardo for the week, though, on day one, though. So Yeah. Goes hand in hand. Swings and roundabouts. Uh, so, yeah, there you go. Um, that's the uh, news and notes uh, caught up on. We'll get to our picks uh, presently, I'll tell you first about EdgeBoost. SGPN is excited to announce uh, an exclusive early access partnership with EdgeBoost, the world's first Bet Now Pay Later Visa card. Similar to Buy Now Pay Later programs like Affirm and Afterpay, EdgeBoost enables you to double your bet with no interest and pay back the advance over four equal weekly installments. That's right, 0% interest. Simply de- deposit the funds into your account. EdgeBoost will match the deposit so you can use double the funds on any legal sports betting site. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in advances as you build your repayment history. And if you go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up, that's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. Must be 21 or older. Only valid in legal gambling states. Problem gambling. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, I'll lead us off then with the first game. I'm not going in any particular order uh, this evening. Um, I started with a 3-0-7 first pitch between the Baltimore Orioles and the Toronto Blue Jays. Grayson Rodriguez and Alec Manoa are the pitchers. Minus 130 on the O's, minus 154 on the Blue Jays. Uh, total set at nine and a half. Um, I mean, there was part of this, I've been labouring the point a little bit about the Baltimore starting pitching uh, and how it's kind of faded. Rodriguez is... A really good example of this. Um, yeah. Actually, Tyler Wells did get... To, see, I backed Tyler Wells last night. I've, I've 
faded the Baltimore pitching all week. I've told anyone who listened, took Tyler Wells last night and he got turned over. Um, I said he was the most <laughs> reliable of the Baltimore pitchers and he got, he got turned over. Yes, but Grayson Rodriguez is the epitome of the inconsistency here. He started eight games. I've got he's had two good, two average, two bad and two awful. Um, he's pitched five and two third innings only once. Uh, five innings only four times. So he's, you're not getting any length out of him at all. His whip is 173, which is a huge indicator. And the opposition he's faced as well, Detroit twice, Oakland, Kansas and White Sox uh, make up five of the eight games he's started. Um, he throws it hard, um, but then the opposition hit it hard as well. It's in the fourth percentile <laughs> of hard hit balls. His expected uh, ERA and expected WOBA are in the 16th percentile. So he's right down there amongst the bottom feeders. Uh, quite alarming numbers. Uh, Baltimore's pen used six arms on Thursday night as well. Uh, so I reckon they could be a bit uh, tired, depending on what happens in the, uh, the Friday night games. Kyle Gibson goes tonight. Um, and I've been fading him all year, so I think that's going to be more bullpen usage there. Um, Alec Manoa is struggling. Um, he's not had an easy run of opposition, uh, but every game has been kind of similar. He's got a 180 whip as well, which tells the tale. Uh, gave up seven walks, two homers last time out against the Yankees. I think the hope you've got with Manoa um, is that we have seen it once this year, 22nd of April, seven scoreless against the Yankees. So he shows that he's still, once you've shown that skill, you do kind of own it. Um, and we're not talking. To, we're not very far away from that. Um, he's got a three and one record with a two eighty seven ERA in eight games started against the Orioles. Toronto being great at home, um, and I think crucially as well. Although he's not going to say any different, Alan Manoa himself believes uh, that he's not far away. So I did expect the prices to be a little bit closer together here. Um, I found a minus one fifty four, so I'm happy giving out the unit and a half play on the Blue Jays. Um, if you want to go. On the over, um, the comment section, uh, of which Jake is now a member. Good evening, Jake Brubaker. Um, are all on the overs, uh, the captain and TV DBG telling us about the over. So I wouldn't dissuade you from that at all. Uh, but I like the I like the Blue Jays in this spot for, for various reasons. Now. Yeah, just a look behind the curtain on this game. Uh, we text each other, like, or you text when you're handicapping these games in the morning for you. I'm still asleep. Um, and you're like, hey, I just did these three games. And then we try not to double up. Well, I almost literally handicapped this game thinking that I, would gonna, I was going to take the over. And I realized, oh, shit, you do have this game. I like the over. I, it's, it's, it's Alec Manoa and Grayson Rodriguez right now. Both of them are easy fades on pitchers. And both offenses are, have been pretty dang good so far this year. So I like the over with the chat. Um, tell us about your first pick, Noah. Uh, so I'm taking you to my Pittsburgh Pirates. They're, playing the, they're hosting the Arizona Diamondbacks. And this pitching matchup is between Brandon Fott and Mitch Keller. I think both these pitchers are just on different planets right now. Fott currently has an 8.59 ERA, giving up seven home runs and three starts. He's been getting hit really hard since he was called up to the MLB. 22nd percentile in average ex exit velocity and 7th percentile in hard hit percentage against him. Um, Mitch Keller, on the other hand, is 5-1 and one on the year with a 2.38 ERA, and he looks to be breaking out this year. The D-backs, they have the better offense than the Pirates in this matchup, but I think the Buccos have the clear advantage on the mound at a minus 120 price. I think the money line is something to really love here, and especially if you can get like a first five money line somewhere similar to that minus 120, I love that even more. 
Yeah, um, Fard came up and amid much fanfare, and we haven't really seen it. Um, I don't know how much run he's going to get, but yeah, Mitch Keller's been great, really, really good. Uh, Pittsburgh kind of steadied the ship a little bit after that. Did they go on an eight game skid, I think, uh, recently? But they've steadied I think the ship a little bit. 11 of 13. Yeah, picked up a couple of wins. So um, yeah, it does look like a good spot for them. Uh, next up for me is uh, 405 Eastern Colorado Rockies at the Texas Rangers. Uh, left-handed pitcher Kyle Freeland for the Rockies and John Gray goes for Texas. Plus 160 on Colorado, minus 188 on Texas. Total set at eight and a half. Um, and for me, this game hinged around uh, Kyle Freeland's recent form. Yeah. Um, he's four and four on the year, uh, 316 ERA. But recently, and I think we talked about him on the show last week, been one of the hottest pitchers in baseball. The team's 70 ERA in his last five starts. However, uh, crucially, and kind of counterintuitively, um, it's been his home starts uh, that have been great. Um, when normally you get the, that different split with the Rockies pitchers. Um, he threw two scoreless um, starts against um, the Phillies and the Brewers. His two road starts have been okay. Uh, but he has given up four home runs and um, four walks in those. So I do think Texas can get to him. Texas are hitting 280 against left-handed pitching. Um, John Gray has been great. His last two starts, 15 innings pitched, only given up one earned run. However, kind of opposite how Freeland's been going, um, Gray's best starts have been on the road. His three home starts, he's got a double ERA. His ERA is like 467. Uh, something like that, um, away from Texas. So I think we can see some runs early here. Uh, all the factors point to it. So I would take a first five over. The total's at eight and a half. So what would the, that first five be? Four and a half, possibly, you know what you think? Yeah, I would assume that it's probably going to be somewhere around four and a half. Yeah, so I think we can see some runs here. And I'll be taking the over in the first um, five in this one. Uh, the the full game over is just as good. Both bullpens are terrible. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there. Um, and my next game here is Cleveland at the New York Mets. Uh, this is one of my favorite pitching matchups of the day. I'm going to take the under eight here. Tanner Bybee, he's looked great in his first four starts in the MLB with a 322 ERA, 22 strikeouts, four walks, and 22.1 innings pitched. Then on the other bump is Max Scherzer. After his first start from suspension, it was rough, but he bounced back against the Nationals last week. <clears throat> He only gave up one run on two hits through five innings pitched. They're stretching him out, so he's going to go a little bit deeper than that in this start. Um, I believe that Scherzer wasn't even cheating in the first place. Um, he consistently said that he was using sweat and rosin, and it's not a Domingo Herman situation where he had dog shit on his hand and some of the residue was like showing on his pants. Like, I, I really question whether Scherzer was even using a foreign substance. I know that the Mets are heating up somewhat, but they've still been an average offense in the MLB, a 712 OPS. That's good for 14th over the last month. And Cleveland has the league worst 617 OPS against right-handed pitching, a 69 WRC plus in that same time span. So uh, I know they're without Jose Ramirez right now too. He's on the bereavement list. His grandmother passed away. So, um, if he comes back, that might change my mind a little bit. But, I mean, he's basically 75% of their offense. I love this under eight at minus 105 on DraftKings currently. 
Um, the Mets have won every game since Dylan went fucking nuts on Tuesday's yeah. podcast. Um, it was the most animated I've ever seen Dylan. He always sits there like a sad robot, but he went absolutely berserk. Um, and it was really funny, and I enjoyed it a lot. And the, yeah, Mets have, the, the Mets have taken it to to heart, and uh, Dylan could be the uh, the one man catalyst. Uh, for yeah, the New York Mets winning a World Series. He'll be front and center on that uh, open top bus parade. Yeah, he gave me plenty of sound bites for me to just clip. And then whenever they yeah. win and they, they go off in the postseason, he'll just be cussing out at the, at the <laughs> Mets and how Steve Cohen uh, spent all the money and they aren't playing with any passion and they're laughing when they're losing game 44 of the season in a 162 game season. So, yeah, we, we commented when, it, when he. When after his rant, we said, You're absolutely this is getting clipped and you're going viral on round about the 17th of October. Um, Dylan's gonna go go off, but yeah, that made me oh, laugh. At this it, it won't be 17th of October, I'll use it in September, I'll use it in October. Like, whenever <laughs> it's going whenever, all the way through, yeah, whenever they beat the Braves, I'll just post that. Yeah, that's that's what I'll do. Uh, my final pick here comes from a 405 Eastern first pitch between the Chicago Cubs and the Philadelphia Phillies Uh, Jameson Tyone for the Cubbies and Philadelphia will roll out Aaron Nola plus 140 on the Cubs minus 170 on the Phillies total set at eight and a half Um, Jameson Tyone is in a world of pain at the minute he's got um, one good start out of six Zero and two record with a six sixty six ERA, the number of the beast that doesn't bode well. Um, His last three have been absolutely terrible. He's only made it out the third inning once. Um, The Cubs themselves are on a right old slide. They've won five of their last twenty one games. The Cubs after a hot start. I was kind of panicking about the Cubs. I thought I'd got them really wrong um, when we did our preseason show um, because I had them on the under, and I think they commented. I was oh, that's a little bit embarrassing. And actually, they're sort of heading back in the direction. Yeah, I thought they were. Um, Aaron Nola's looked a lot more like his old self recently. Three sixty-seven ERA in his last five. He's had some tough assignments as well. He's uh, been in Colorado, and then has had Toronto, the Dodgers, and the Astros. Um, so yeah, he's getting um, really good length as well. He's got six, seven, eight innings. He has given a one home run in each of his last five starts, so someone might hit him dinger. Um, Philly are on a four-game skid, but they've been much, much better at home, so this is a good spot for them. Uh, and my pick here is a big old fade of tie on Philly on the run line uh, is a price of plus 125. Now. Seems like a, a perfect Malcolm play. Screw the Cubs because they screwed you over last year. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Revenge <laughs> game. It's a revenge season for me. Yeah, there you go. Uh, do you want to hit an ad, ad before my last game, or do you want me to go through it? No, nah, we'll go that? on. We'll, we'll, right. we'll break it up. We'll break the, the halves up with those in a bit. Cool. Um, so my last game that I'm going to do for Saturday here is uh, the Boston Red Sox at the San Diego Padres. Uh, I called the last matchup one of my favorite pitching matchups, whereas like if you're talking uh, career long, I think this is the best pitching matchup of the day. Chris Sale against Joe Musgrove. Sale was stellar in his last start against the Cardinals with nine strikeouts, only one run allowed via solo home run, which was one of three hits he gave up in that game. But I do see the Padres having a little bit of success against him. They have a career, like their active roster is hitting 304 
against him in, nine, in over 90 plate appearances. Um, and this team also has the fifth best OPS against left-handed pitching over the last 30 days in the MLB with an 824. Also, a 130 WRC plus is good for the fourth best offense against Southpaws as well. Um, I can also see the Red Sox offense putting up some runs against Musgrove, who's only one and one with a 663 ERA and four starts off the IL this season. Boston's offense, they've been the second best lineup against right-handed pitching over the last 30 days with an 838 OPS and a w, uh, 124 WRC+. This total is set at 7.5 because I think both of these pitchers' names carry a lot of weight, um, but the overs are hitting in 69% of Boston's games right now, 29-13-2, and, and I don't see a, a, a way to waver from that here. I'm going with the over 7.5 in the Red Sox Padres game. Overs, yeah, well, yeah, I mean, that's the, one of the lowest tools uh, that you'll see on the Red Sox all season. They have been machines. Um, Captain Sane was mentioning the sale revival. I'm, I'm really pleased to say, I think I, I was well, I was in on him. I, I tipped him up for some Cy Young and all sorts at the start of the season. Panicked. I actually think I've jettisoned him in a couple of um, fantasy leagues, which was uh, ever so slightly. Yeah, did I? One. Yeah. Did I? Oh, what a dick. Yeah. Um, yeah, I need to have the courage of my convictions because, yeah, he's coming good. Um, just for reference, now we've got 17 minutes until the um, Black Eyed Susan Steak starts, which um, I gave my picks out with yesterday. So that's the uh, that's the finishing line for this show because I want to watch that race. Is, is uh, that the uh, the horse races before the Preakness? The yeah, it's uh, tomorrow is the Preakness, which is for the boys. Yeah. Um, the Black Eyed Susan today is a similar race, but for the girls for the Phillies. Cool. There you go. Uh, Shady Mays teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. And not only do you get an amazing 50% off, but you have a chance to win $500. Uh, Shady Breeze got you covered from the sun to the slopes, the premium polarized shades, durable frames, and, and offer the most insane protection. Uh, Shady Breeze will replace um, any lost or broken glasses, even on day one, no questions asked. Um, or if you don't love them, you can exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. Uh, so the team at Shady Breeze has your back. For our international listeners, Shady Rays have got you covered as well. With shipping to Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and the UK, go to shadyrays.com, use the code SGPN for 50% off two or more pairs of polarised sunglasses. Then take your receipt to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Um, okay, what we thought we'd do over the next few weeks, especially on the old Friday night shows, is sort of revisit the futures, revisit some divisions, 
um, see where we stand and if there are any standout picks. So today we're going to have a little look at the AL West. Um, Texas lead. Texas have a two-game lead over Houston. Uh, the Angels are two games further back. Seattle are one game further back. Um, and Auckland, we need not talk about. If Auckland aren't going to bother taking it seriously, then we're not going to bother talking about them. <laughs> they are, so I wanted to mention this, they were plus 100,000 on MGM to win this division. Um, <laughs> and Fangraphs has them projected to win 59 games. <laughs> uh, so for the division, um, Houston remain odds-on favourite. They are 4-5, to five, minus 125. Um, the Texas Rangers are plus 220. The LA Angels are plus 650. And Seattle are plus 700. So... Um, Pick a team, pick a starting point. Where do you want to where do you want to go, Noah? Do you want <clears throat> so I have analysis on two teams that I so somewhat have prepared, one negative and one positive. What do you want to hear first? Okay, you give me you give me a positive and then I'll jump in. All right. So the I obviously we're not we're not probably gonna tip up a minus one what you say the Astros minus price one, was? Minus one twenty five Houston. So I, I I saw in in America the minus one forty was the best price. What Oof. book did you get that? Uh, uh bet three six five. Okay, yeah. So minus one forty was the best price I saw here. But I mean, if you're playing on international books, that's completely fair game too. Um but yeah, well, obviously we're not gonna tip up that as the team that we want to talk about most here on the pod. So I'm going to go with the Texas Rangers. Um, they have the fifth best OPS in the, in the league with a 780, a 115 team WRC plus a 266 batting average as a team. They're by far the best offense in this division right now with a good experienced rotation of Evaldi, Heaney, Martin Perez, John Gray, and then Jacob deGrom will be back off the IL. Unlike Robbie Ray for Seattle, um, he's, do back here sometime soon. The Rangers, they need bullpen help. They have the 25th uh, bullpen ERA in the MLB, um, but relievers are the easiest thing to acquire at the at the trade deadline. So if they are pushing to win now, which, I mean, when you sign Seager and you sign Semyon to accelerate the rebuild, they might want to get in there for all these young position players to experience a taste of postseason. Um of reliever is the easiest thing to require at the deadline. Like always, I'm worried about the health of this team. I was all over them early on in the preseason. I was just saying, hey, the reason why I don't bet a ton of futures is a 162 game season. Injuries do happen, and like we met, like I previously mentioned, Degrom just got hurt. But I'm not going to put money on it. But I think they have the best chance to turn over Houston for the top spot in the AL West. Yeah, you're right. I think um, Texas, especially if I'm kind of fading Houston. Who was your fade, Noah, just before? So I'm Texas, by the way, plus 300 at BetMGM currently. They're 26 and 17 leading the the division right now. Uh, The team that I'm fading is a team that I think you might be backing. I'm fading Seattle. They're yeah. twenty one and twenty two okay. right now, plus seven hundred to win the division. I can, I can totally concede the idea that that price is much better than what it, what what it looked like in the preseason. But I'm still not too interested in this Seattle team. Um, Texas haven't done an awful lot wrong at all, really. Second in runs and ribbies, fourth in batting average. The starting pitching is holding up without Jacob Degrom. Uh, Dane Dunning's been a massive plus 
I think yeah. we could do with Andrew Heaney taking a step forward, the bullpen swing. And as much as we don't do much manager talk on here, and we can occasionally question just how much um, effect the manager's having, uh, Bruce Bochy is a huge plus in that Texas dugout. Absolutely huge plus holding it together. Um, Houston, you just can't take it that price because I don't know where the improvement is. Um because they're not doing it well, right. Yeah, go on. The improvement is they're getting Jose Altuve and Michael Brantley off the IL, and they're uh, getting Jose Akiti off the IL at All-Star break, but they're without Luis Garcia for the year. So those yeah. three guys you can look forward to coming back, but go ahead. Um, there's not enough power in there. They're 25th in MLB in home runs. Abreu could move the needle for them, uh, but he's so far out of sorts at the minute. It's, a, it's a quite sad watching him crack Do on you see the Blake Myers' tweet? Uh, no, nope. like yesterday or something. No, I think it was. I think it was yesterday. So Christopher Morel, the call up for the Cubs here. Yeah, he has five home runs in like his first ten games. Uh, Abreu has like five home runs in his last 157. Like wow. it's something. It's something crazy. Like, uh, like 157 days or something like that. Like going back to sometime last season and the beginning of this season, Abreu's only got five home runs. Um. Yeah, the pitching's okay. I think the first in ERA, actually, team ERA. Top 10 in most categories. So, yeah, I think they'll be okay for the playoffs. And they might just win the division. I just don't want to back them at this price. I don't want to back yeah. them at minus 125. Certainly not minus 140, like you're saying. The Angels have done really nothing for me, one way or the other. They're being very, very Angels about everything. However, mm-hmm. I put them up at the start of the season. I've got them at 11 to 1. So I wouldn't be going back in now at plus 650. Um They've got enough green numbers when you look around um, their metrics to stay in the conversation. But it's all, everything's like ranked 10, 11, 12. It's all just at that level be- beneath the top teams. Um, yeah. They're kind of like a, 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 a 1B team um, again. Yeah. So playoff contenders. But and at the back end of this pitching as well, Reed Detmers, 489 ERA, Tyler Anderson, 527 ERA, Griffin Cannon, 640 ERA. And that's not going to do it. Yeah, and I, I agree with you. The the starting pitching is just a little bit lackluster right now. Um, the one thing that I think they could do uh, here, they we saw it happen with Zach Nutto, a young kid from Double A. They called him up extremely fast. I think they could do the same thing with the volunteer firemen in their uh, their farm system right now. His yeah. name's Ben Joyce, chucking triple digits routinely. Did it in college. Was pretty much unhittable. I think hitters only had a 102 batting average against him. He didn't really struggle with the walks. Uh, he had plenty of strikeouts, few walks. Um, so I think that's a that's a guy in the back end of that bullpen that could help them out here. Because w- when you have a guy chucking triple digits, what's the point in keeping him down there when injury is the biggest concern? And it's not the speed and it's not his control. Um, it It really is like use him until you lose him type thing, in my in my opinion. Uh, with Seattle, there's a few things that um, that turn me on to them, really, because they would be my pick. If you gave me $50 now and said, pick one of those teams, my money would go on Seattle. Firstly, uh, the five games back, it's nothing. That could be yeah. gone by, by next Wednesday. So the, 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 the standings are largely irrelevant at this point. There was a couple- five games back of the Rangers. I mean, they're only two games three games back of the Astros. The Rangers are 26 and 17. The Astros are 24 and 19. Seattle is they're They have 21 wins. So they have three less wins than 
Houston. And ideally, you're probably chasing Houston, not the Rangers. Um, so, so we talked about Houston and where, where's the improvement going to come from. There's a couple of things that did need to uh, turn around. Firstly, I'm just in the standings there. They're two and five in extra innings. They're four and 11 in one run games. Um, now, some people say that's a symptom of a bad team. I don't disagree, really. Um, yeah, I mean, even with kind of average luck, you, you change that to seven and eight. Um, and they're two games out of out of first place. So they, they can change that around. Um, and then individually, Julio Rodriguez is absolutely key. He was stellar last year. He's hitting 2-11 at the moment. Uh, he's dropped to three in the batting order. Um, they've had the breakout from Kellenic. They just need to get Rodriguez going. Um, Eugenio Suarez isn't batting great and Tiesco as well. If they can get that, those three going or a couple of them, uh, they'll be back because the starting pitch at metrics are all like top eight or top eight across the board. Uh, the rest feeds me and absolutely fine. So I just think Seattle at the minute, have a quite a lot of upside and, and you can see where it's going to come from. Flip those one run games around, get Rodriguez and a couple of the other bats going and Bosch that seven to one, uh, six to one. Uh, I think it's a great price. Yeah. I mean, like I mentioned prior to us talking about this, I can acknowledge that there's plenty of value now compared to where they were in the preseason. And you can only go up from the basement, which is where they're at. They're, they're 28th in the MLB and team OPS at 686. They're hitting for 220 average, which is 29th. And there's no excuses for this offense for the most part, because they've been healthy. Like they, they literally have not really lost anybody throughout the season. Jared Kalenic, Cal Raleigh, Ty France, JP Crawford, all four of those guys have been doing better than the league average, uh, over a hundred WRC plus J rod T Oscar. And like you mentioned, Eugenio is kind of balancing that line of league average, but J rod and T Oscar, especially they're slacking behind, but seriously, like those two bats we're counting on, they should bounce back here. It's a long season. Like we're saying they're like 46 games in what they're 21 and 22. So they're 43 games in. Um, and I, I think that, the first four guys that I mentioned in Kalenic, Rally, France, and Crawford are all overachieving expectations. And when you're counting on those two bats to to get there, are these guys going to fall back to league average and what we expected to? Because like in the preseason pod, they we acknowledged that their lineup one through five competes with anybody in the league. They don't have it six through nine. They really don't, in my yeah, opinion. Like you, you got a you got a breakout season from Kalenic, which, sure, maybe you go one through six now if you include uh, a struggling Tiasker, uh, J Rod, and uh, Eugenio all below one hundred WRC plus. But are we expecting JP Crawford to be a one eleven throughout the season? Like, I, I get it. You can only go up from the basement, but I just don't see them getting exponentially better on the offensive side of the ball. And I, I struggle believing in the pitching staff that with a ton of youth, a ton of youth, and they're really like they're two of their better bullpens are on the IL right now. Uh, bullpen arms are on the IL right now. And Penn Murphy with uh, elbow issue and Andres Munoz uh, with a shoulder issue. They're both on the shelf. It's like, it's tough for me to really back the Mariners and I'm in the same same spot just kind of like I feel like the whole world is on this Mariners team <laughs> fair enough just, again I'm just looking at the my my starting point was you give me $50 where am I going to put it and yeah. I don't want to back a minus 125 shot 
I think the bird has flown of Texas. If you wanted Texas, you've backed them earlier in the season. Um, so you wouldn't be going back in now at plus 220. Um, not interested in the Angels. We're kind of by a process of elimination. Um, I got on the on the Mariners. And like I said, the, the, it's fine margins, those those one-run games, those extra inning games. Uh, they could be in a, in a whole different position. So Yeah. Um, uh, on, on fan graphs, uh, Seattle's only projected to go 81 and 81 with a 7% okay. chance of winning this division. So... I'm just not not sold on the M's. Um, Houston, they have a 50% chance of winning the division. Only go, only expected to go 89 and 73. Texas, 87 and 75 with 34 chance, uh, 34% chance of winning. The Angels actually have a higher percent chance of winning than the Mariners at 8% compared to 7. And there you go. Um, and that, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is your perfect 40-minute um, Friday night show, which is exactly what we were after. We can go and watch. It's this, the seventeen-minute uh, mark for you too. I literally did the math when you said that. It's five forty-one right now. Oh, is it exactly what you wanted to end it? All on. right. Well, let's say bye. We've got uh, two minutes twenty-six to post. So don't panic. Um, <laughs> anything else you need to tell us about uh, yeah. happening over the weekend, Noah? Yeah, I'm going to take more of a back seat on this pod uh, as the college baseball postseason's heating up here. I, I did it last year as well. Um, you'll be hearing more Malcolm, Dylan, Munoff um, when he's back next week. Um, and I'll be taking more of a back seat to those three for for as far as I can see moving forward. So, um, And maybe more of Scott. Scott's been doing great. And he does a great job behind the scenes producing the podcast for us. I don't see a reason why we wouldn't just include him more in the rotation. So, yeah, I'll be taking a step back, Mel. Um, Well, well, I'll still be pestering you half to death and making your life a mystery whenever I get the chance. So don't think you get shot. I look forward to it. We share a TGFBI team. so Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, um, I need to stop you filling it up with Kansas City rolled pitchers. That's what I need to do because every time I turn my back, it's fucking up. You sneaked Brady another one Singer. in there. Speaking of, Brady Singer has the uh, the Tigers and the Guardians this week. If Did he we drop him? Well, if, if he doesn't do well, I think we have to drop him. Um, unless you pulled the trigger on him last week without me knowing. <laughs> I don't think so. Like yeah, I say, every I mean, time I it, load that team up, there's another Royals pitcher in there. He's got a two-start week against two of the worst offenses in the league. I think you have to start him. And if he doesn't do well, you just cut ties and let them go. Oh, fair enough. Uh, well, I've got a stress-free weekend not having to watch Newcastle uh, this weekend because um, we played last night, so we don't play again on Monday. Um, but there is a, a Newcastle Nighthawks game on Sunday, so I might just go Ooh. and um, see if they need me out the bullpen. Might come on in there, you know, bases loaded, couple of outs, but with a ninth, just <laughs> wing some of those 47-mile-an-hour curbs in there. Um We'll play Newcastle University this week. So if the weather stays nice, that will be fun. Um, okay, 25 minutes to post in this race. Thanks, everyone. Like, me, review. Cheers, all the boys and girls who are in the chat. Um, good luck with all your picks. Busy weekend of gambling, as always. Uh, we'll be back, I reckon, on Sunday night. Uh, until then, we'll see you down the road. Cheers. <laughs>